to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Bullock. People, organizations, and communities need to prepare for and respond to natural and man-made disasters in a timely manner and in the most effective way possible. Our program examines what is being done before, during, and after a disaster and those unexpected events to keep you in the know. Disasters can happen to anyone. The question is, when will it happen to you? Now, here is your host, business continuity and disaster planning expert, Alex Bullock. Welcome to another episode of Preparing for the Unexpected. I'm your host, Alex Fullick, and as always, we like to talk about things related to resilience, business continuity, COVID, emergency management, crisis management, anything that helps you, your organization, or your community prepare for, respond to, and overcome adverse situations. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please feel free. Reach out. You can find me on LinkedIn. I'm the only Alex Fullick there. I'm really easy to find, and I do respond to everything I get. One quick announcement. I will be speaking at the Continuity Insights Conference uh, April 25th to 27th in Louisville, Kentucky. Hopefully, it will be an in-person event, fingers crossed. Um, And then hopefully, I'll get to see some of you and maybe uh, get some of you to come on the show. Today is a returning guest for YouTube, but first appearance on Voice America. I'd like to welcome the author of My Experiments with Business Continuity Management, BCM, Mr. Damon Sood. Damon, welcome back. Thank you very much, Alex. It's so good to see you again. I know we've done training courses together, or I did one of your training courses, I should clarify that. Great course. We've talked on a couple of other subjects, so it's really nice to have you back. I think this is a third third or fourth appearance? Third appearance, but if we talk about joint working, it will be fourth, working on that uh, report also, Global Emotional Impact Assessment Report. So it'll be fourth joint working, yeah. That's right, yeah, we have have, uh, connected quite a bit, but this is the first Voice America uh, appearance, so uh, I'm glad to have you uh, join a different audience and and share your thoughts. I'm happy, thank you. As I mentioned, you wrote um, the book, My Experiments with BCM. Uh, I just wanted to ask, because the title kind of gives some curiosity, it's like, oh, well, what inspired you to write something like that? Thanks. Thanks, Alec. So if I go back, I always had a wish to be an author, to be writing a book. Well, after writing, it seems I'm greedy. I want to write second and third also. <laughs> By the way, this is second, so I'm willing to write third and fourth also. Inspiration came in the beginning of this year. I was attending a course myself from a different audience, different organization, and a different uh, trainer also, I'll say. It was called Indian Leadership Academy. And the course was about coaching training. Well, I had been a trainer for 15, 16 years, but I was not a certified trainer. So this course, I attended to be a certified international and corporate trainer. At that time, that coach who himself is an author would recommend Daman, if you want to gain name, then one way and a good way is to write a book. So Mm -hmm. inspiration came from there. And another Guru, if I call Guru, and most likely as I recollect, he was from Canada, uh, giving me some tips on increasing my profile, enhancing my profile on social media. He would also recommend writing a book is a way to raise your profile. Mm -hmm. And in 35 years, I had not written, so I thought of writing a book. And if I would think of a book, then it would be BCM, which is last 16 years or so. Uh, Today, I say that I know only organizational resilience, business quantity management, risk management, crisis management, only for that's all that I know, nothing more than that. So this is how the book came into picture. Well, congratulations. Being being an author as well, I know uh, the amount of work, uh, effort, and frustration sometimes that goes into it. Oh, yes. Yes. So so congratulations on that. Uh, Well done. Thank you. And and, uh, What's really nice, uh, an extra little uh, bonus for me, is I got to review this book before Dalman even finished it. 
and I mentioned in there, you know, as a reviewer. So uh, thank you very much. It was not, it was a nice surprise to see my name and my comments in there. So thank you very much from from me to you. Thank you. That was Thanks. really appreciated. I'm happy now, you spared time for me. Well, you took time to teach me, of course. So you know, I return that favor. <laughs> Good. Now Good. we're going to do something different today. Usually, when we have authors on the show, we talk about some of the key points and have a conversation. Uh, Damon and I um, thought uh, it would might be well. Damon actually, it was his idea. He initiated to do something a little bit different. Um, the chapters in the book, there are quite a few, but they're not long chapters. We thought, well, let's do something different. And Damon is going to read a chapter, and then we're going to talk about it. And there's a few of them. Uh, I think we have six on our list. I don't know if we'll make it to all of them, but um, yeah. we, we are going to do our best, shall we say. Yeah. So I'm going to turn it over to, to Damon to read his first uh, selection. And you can tell us what that is. I won't give anything away. And then at the end, we can talk about it. So over to you. Thanks. Thanks, Alex. So I would like to start with chapter 83 from the book, which is titled as And a Million Dollar Question, Answering While I Close This Book. The question that comes to mind is, and this is what the chapter is, what do business quantity managers do? Very important chapter, according to me. It took me 16 years to write this answer, actually. Right. So inspiration came from another person who had written about what do internal auditors do? And the person was Richard Chambers, a professional contact. I took his permission to get inspired by his writing and write this chapter for BC managers. He had written for internal auditors and I wrote for BC managers. The next time someone asks the above question, you have the answer. I'm a business quantity manager. I serve my organization to protect and enhance its value. I design and develop a proactive, reasonable, and practicable approach to business continuity for my organization. I improve my organization's ability to ensure continuity of the basic minimum. I follow global good practices in the BCM domain. For example, ISO 22301. I coordinate with other domains, finance, IT, facilities, business units, risk, information or cybersecurity, etc., to ensure that the business objectives are met. I am respected and admired because I provide assurance to all relevant interested parties. The above is your elevator pitch. I will now attempt to expand each of these. I am a business quantity manager. While I have no hesitation in writing that I need to work in coordination with others, I believe that I am the force that binds them all together running from pillar to post. Continuity of business is my job, period. I serve my organization to protect, enhance, and enhance its value. The objective is not to guard the doors and make sure people do not walk off with the assets. The objective is not just to make sure others are not breaking the rules. My objective is to make sure my organization achieves its objectives, creating value for all relevant interested parties and protecting all assets, people, infrastructure, financials, reputation. I design and develop a proactive, reasonable and practicable approach to business continuity for my organization. In doing all that I do, I do not forget that one size does not fit all, and that nothing comes free in this world. My plan need not be weighed in kg, 5, 10, or 15, or plating gold, silver, bronze, but by its effectiveness. I improve my organization's ability to ensure continuity of the basic minimum. Continual improvement is the focus 
in all that i do from policy making bia ra strategies plans tests audits reviews incident management etc i follow global good practices in the bcm domain that is iso 22301 where required i take care of the local and national requirements also i take pride in claiming my achievements this encourages others to take the same path and enhances the business continuity discipline i coordinate with other domains finance it facilities business units risk information and cyber security etc to ensure that the business objectives are met i respect all pieces of the orchestra while as the conductor of the orchestra i keep them in sync creating a music that is soothing to ears and the last point while i close this chapter i am respected and admired because i provide assurance to all relevant interested parties my colleagues are happy that their salaries are assured my clients are happy that their deliveries will not be compromised the regulators are assured that compliance will not be missed the shareholders are happy to see their money growing in safe hands the society is happy that we are good corporate citizens now my first question has to do with there was one line there that said you know, i i I'm valued, you know, I'm seen as a, you know, a great asset. Any suggestions to people who might not feel that way? Because I'm sure some elevator pitches or speeches may not sound like that, you know, because someone doesn't feel valued or so any suggestions on how they can turn that around because all the things you said are absolutely correct. That's what the role should be doing. But unfortunately, some people don't feel uh, either up to that or don't feel valued enough um, or, or empowered enough to do some of that. Any suggestions? Right. Right. Uh, I understand this could be a challenge, Alex. I agree with you. And then I would like to give an anecdote here. Long ago, when I used to work in UK, BT, British Telecom, had an advertisement on TV. And it was called, It's Good to Talk. because if we talk their customers we talk they would make money and i liked it and i still have been using it for about 25 years i believe in this it's good to talk we to talk i believe once again i believe that most of the conflicts most of the challenges in life can be resolved by talking so this is what my suggestion would be to those people when i talk sometimes it's claim also when i say claim it's not money that i want money for what i have done i mean communicate people know should know i need to tell them if they can't see sometimes people don't see someone has done something then i need to tell them so this is what i mean to say by claim or communicate and i'm saying it's good to talk i believe that's what they need to do if they are not being valued or if they feel they are not being valued tell your accomplishments tell your achievements to people publish uh, the expression over here um toot your own horn that's, yes so that yes. that's what that blow, blow your own trumpet yes. I, I blow your own trumpet yes i say that also yes exactly and then people will hear it yes eventually hear that <laughs> this this expression is taken negatively someone is blowing his own trumpet i am saying it is good and do it in that way that you are communicating some people will be inspired by your achievements this is what i believe in so tell them this is what your achievement is or this is what my achievement is it's good to talk yeah i i i think you know the way you do it if you're coming out being rude and about it well then it's not going to be taken very well but if you're confident about it like hey look what i've done and look how i benefited you by doing this people are going to stand up to, as you said in your chapter they're going to notice and they're going to understand 
Yes. Great. Um, so let's go to the next chapter. And I'll let you uh, determine what that'll be. Can you give me the chapter number, please? Oh, um, on our list, where is it? Oh, there it is. Chapter 29. Great. I'm ready for this. Chapter 29 from the book is titled as Communication and Commitment, Continued Commitment. As a good practice, we always request, recommend, and initial communication from the CEO, head of the organization to all employees. Initiation of the program, who is leading, their role and support requested, the importance of the program to the organization or drivers behind it, top management's commitment, linking BCM to organization's VMB, vision, mission values, purpose, goals, objectives, etc. Introducing the consultants, etc. This communication has been setting initial expectations and is very helpful in establishing BCM heads, consultants, rapport with all. This is required even at the top level. We gave a draft communication to the BCM head of the ministry on day one. They took three weeks to issue it. Meanwhile, we had to start the meetings with the top management. Eight out of 10 went well, but the two from top management posed challenges as simple as, who are you? The above communication would have automatically resolved this issue. Surprisingly, the top management was not seen involved in the program after the assignment was awarded. The implementation suffered. There were delays within weeks. I link these to the lack of continued commitment of the top management. There were multiple challenges in this implementation, including lack of transparency from the client's end when multiple parties were involved. The assignment was stalled within fourth, fifth week. This was one of those rare incomplete assignments. I record the learnings as be extra cautious with government entities not written in the book, but I'm adding this phrase with due respect to government entities across globe. I'm writing, be extra cautious with government entities. Keep extra margins for schedules and revenues. Tighter controls when multiple entities are involved. Reciprocal contract with the intermediary local consultancy. Ask, do not assume documentation expectations, etc. Attach sample reports, engage or negotiate early with the external consultants and explore multiple options. I like the what you said at the beginning there with PMV, purpose, mission and values. So I'm gonna ask a question there because okay. I, I know in the training course I took with you, we talked about it. So <laughs> I think that's a, an interesting point. How important is the PMV, purpose, uh, mission, and values, to business continuity and trying to get all the teams to work together? Very important question in a BCM professional, professional's life, Alex. I become not the consultant, not the BCM implementer, but any other employee in the organization you be the consultant or you be the BC manager. The challenge that I have is that big, big one. What's in it for me? Mm. If you resolve this puzzle, if you crack this puzzle for me, I'm your friend forever. <laughs> and the way to resolve this puzzle is to link BCM, BCM objectives with my salary which comes through the VMV, objective, goals, purpose of the organization. 
if i understand this i will like bcm i will fall in line forever i will be your friend forever so understanding or making people understand the bcm is directly linked with vmb purpose object this is what we have exist for and bcm is helping us this is what our values are and bcm is helping us to live to those values this is our vision mission and bcm is helping us to achieve that people understand this we have won the bet any uh, comments about sometimes um, you know leadership will send out you know here's our updated mission or vision statements and things like that and there this big long difficult to understand uh, verbiage that they've thrown into here that really most people just don't understand how can you still get people on board for business continuity when you can't understand the mission and the values? Any ideas there? Because when you see the mission values, they've already gone through the marketing spiel. They've already got, had their leadership meetings. So how can you still be able to do business continuity effectively when no one really has a clear idea of what the mission statement or vision statement exactly. is? Exactly. This <laughs> is the challenge, Alex. And just for information for you, for your audience, this is a chapter in the next book. Ah. Yes, we, I'm already writing on this. You know, the challenge is I'm saying most organization, I'm not saying all organization, that this VMB is written by the top management somewhere at offsite. And then it's published on the website for the whole world to see. I'm an employee. Do I understand what is the VMB of my company? What is the purpose objective? This is missing. There are some nice words, phrases in the VMB written, published on the website. We need to make people understand. I would go up to an extent that training awareness has to happen around the VMB for the whole organization. Then we will understand. Otherwise, yes, people have not understood this. It's somewhere on the website. That's what the VMV means to most of the people in most of the organizations. We need to break this. Uh, I, I agree. So yes. This is for the top management. Good to talk. Talk to your people about the VMV that you have written somewhere sitting in, in an offsite. Yeah, I, I agree. They get them. They may have developed these statements, mission, purpose, statement, values, whatever they may be. Yes. But if the rest of the organization hasn't understood it, then exactly. it's not going to help by just publishing it for the world because exactly. here's our mission. This is where we're going, but no one understands where you're going. Nobody wants to follow. Nobody wants to talk. Yes. You know, all about that communication. There's a gap there. Yes. So my, the word so I, I used I, said I'm earlier, sorry. my work isn't yes. going to align. I'm sorry. I made you BC manager once, and now I'm saying you become the top management. So kind of asking you to play the devils. <laughs> so I'll say, you want, you mean stock management, you want me to live to those VMB, to those values, to work for that mission, to work for those goals, objectives, or the purpose. But if I do not understand, how do I contribute? Mm -hmm. So please make me understand. And this is what your job is. Stock management has to do this, yes. Yeah, and that's what the chapter is about, you know, all the communication. If you're not communicating that, then you're going to have that disconnect for years to come. Exactly, exactly. On that note, we've come to the end of our first segment. We are talking with business continuity management expert and new author, Daman Sood, on his new book, My Experiments with BCM, and we will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. 
Are you ready for a disaster? If you are like many people in the world, that answer may sadly be no. Disasters happen unexpectedly to people just like you every day. Tune into Preparing for the Unexpected with business continuity and disaster planning expert Alex Fulick. The show will not only help you better prepare for a disaster itself, but also to prepare you, your place of employment, and community for the aftermath emotionally, financially, and with a better level of awareness and a stronger feeling of resiliency. Tune in Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. What sets apart voiceamerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main voiceamerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You are listening to Preparing for the Unexpected with Alex Fuller. Email your questions to info at stone-road.com. Again, that's I-N-F-O at stone-road.com. Now back to Preparing for the Unexpected. Welcome back. Today we are talking with BCM expert and author, Damon Sood. Damon, lots of good uh, comments there uh, in the first segment. Um, now let's move to our, this is what the, will be the third one, third chapter, chapter 33. Thank you very much. Chapter 33 from the book is titled as, I am the boss, I know the business. This story is from a client in Abu Dhabi. They invited us to help them in implementing BCM. It was an investment bank. I was the consultant. As the story would have been, I developed the framework assets, trained them, and they did the work under my supervision. This helps in reducing dependency on the consultant. The client has full knowledge. We reach the BIA stage. The shortest RTO for some of the processes came out to be two hours. All BIAs were reviewed and signed off by the department heads. The findings were then to be presented to the CEO. The meeting was called with him along with the department heads. I started presenting and the moment I said that the shortest RTO had been established to be two hours, the CEO started blasting me. I am the boss. I know the business. No process in this organization needs to be recovered in two hours. I explained that the work had been done by his team and was reviewed and approved by the department heads present in the meeting. At this point, the CEO started blasting them. I am the boss. 
I know the business. No process in this organization needs to be recorded in two hours. That meeting was inconclusive. They had to meet four more times and the project got delayed by a month. They used to meet, meet every week. The final verdict was, Daman, you haven't caused the delay. We accept, but the shortest RTU has been approved to be six hours. The message here is that this may happen. What you ask for, despite the best efforts and approvals, may not be available to you. A good practice is not to update your BIAs at this moment. Rather, this should be recorded as the business or user requirement was two hours, but the organization agreed to make provisions for six hours. This is known and accepted risk. So my first question is, <clears throat> Should we, before we go into, let's say, BIAs and determining RTOs and things, in your thoughts, and I kind of know the answer to this already, by the way, at least from you, I know it. Should we really know what the expectations of leadership is first before we go into you know, BIAs and RTOs and process identification so that what we're doing aligns with what they're ex expecting? Okay, once again, it's a real challenge in a BCM implementer's life, or we can include consultant also. There are many consultants. Right? Mm -hmm. So it may happen. It's a difficult situation. My suggestion is not to ask the top management's expectations in the beginning. If we ask, then we get carried away with those, and that may not be the real situation. So my suggestion is talk to the users. Let them say they need two hours and let the top management overrule if they need to, if they want to. My session is good that way. Otherwise, it will be biased because junior person department head or BC champion, whoever is doing this, he, she already knows boss has said six hours. So how can he ask for four hours? So that BIA will not be a good BIA. Then it's biased. In that case, then there's no point in conducting BIAs. Then save time, money, effort, then just ask the boss. Six hours? Okay, we'll go for six hours. It must make for a difficult situation sometimes in the boardroom uh, or whoever it's you're different. presenting findings to when you present findings that suddenly aren't aligning to what they're expecting, yes. you know, the two hours versus six hours. Yes. You know. yes. It may happen. It's a difficult situation. I'm agreeing with that. I'm not denying that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still saying not getting carried away because if we ask the boss, then everyone, because it's the boss, they know, boss has said this, then it will be not that real BI. I'm saying, record this as a known risk. Yes, I asked for two hours, but you approved six hours, it's a known risk, and you have signed it up. CEO has to sign it, and he did. I said, then you have to accept it, and he did. I'm the boss, I know the business. If you know the business, then sign it, please. <laughs> I'm <really> married. Yeah. <laughs> At the very beginning of that chapter, you, you had an interesting point that uh, captured my attention, that you were overseeing the initiative and the people were kind of doing the work. Um, it, does that approach help contribute to training and awareness as well by having those people actually do it rather than you doing almost all the legwork and you know, all the activities and then they're just kind of filling in little bits of information that you don't have uh, I, the, the way you worded it, I thought it was rather interesting. I thought, oh, if he's overseeing it and they're doing it, then they're learning about it, which is going to help down the road, right? Would, would that be correct? That's what my approach has been, Alex. Even when I was a practitioner, I was a global BC manager. So I would develop the assets. I would train people. People will do it and I will, I will review oversee. So that People know it, what they have done. Otherwise, again, you know, we have seen, I have seen as a consultant, you would have seen after five, six years, when you go as an auditor, I'm an auditor also, you will find that BIA exists, but 
over a period, inconsistencies creep into the systems. Some people have moved out. Mm -hmm. So the moment you ask, so they pass the first question, do you have BIA? Yes, we have a BIA. But if I look at the content, do you have a process? Either there is no process. No one knows process. Because now there is a file, an Excel file most likely, which is being maintained. But where is the process? No one knows. Even if they are able to dig the process, you will find that process and the output BIA are out of sync. Someone did it and that person has moved out. It may be a consultant or it may be an internal person. People leave organizations, people change departments. So for that reason, I'm saying as a, an implementer, as well as a consultant, my approach is always train people, reduce the dependency. Well, it's not good business for me as a consultant that next time the client is not going to call me. Now they know everything but I still go with that approach. That's a part of what you've said are your own personal missions, you know, to help, you know, spread the, the word of business continuity. Well, you know, it's not just the word, it's the training and the awareness and everything that comes with it. So, you know, that's a part of, I know we've had this conversation before, that's a part of your values. So you're, by doing it that way, you're doing exactly what you say you would be doing. Very good, thank you. So let's go to our next chapter. Uh, that on our list is chapter number 38. Great. Thank you very much once again. Chapter 38 in the book is called My Principles Valued at Half a Million INR, Indian Rupees. I was doing this BCM implementation assignment for a client in Mumbai, India. The BCM head was BCM aware, but not qualified, certified or experienced enough in BCM. As in my any other delivery, the solution was to ensure complete handholding through training and full involvement. To my surprise, the BCM head did not attend any training. While I kept reminding that not only the BC champions, but the BC manager also had to be appropriately trained. But the client is right, even if not. While I kept getting all approvals, I was getting a feeling that the BCM head and the management were not reading or understanding any documents. Once again, this is not written in the book but I'm now telling, why did I get that feeling? Oh, whoever, whatever may be the experience, knowledge, and qualification. It's not possible that I write a document, I don't find any observation or comment on that. It's not possible. Whoever writes, you write, I review, I will find some observations. I write, you will find some observations. In this case, Approvals like this, not even a single question asked on any documents. So that gave me a feeling that they were not reading, they were just approving it. I started developing differences with him, the BC manager, and his management. The same case of missing continued commitment of the top management was repeating. They never met me during the course of implementation, despite requests. I would like to mention my top skills, values, and principles before I complete the story. Have an open mind to learning forever. This includes sharing as well. Be emotionally strong, for which physical strength matters a lot. Have a two-way communication. I have recently started practicing non-violent communication. Be reasonable and practicable. Care for people. Be decisive. Take a decision and own it. Celebrate success. Every little success matters. Take initiative and be innovative. Every little initiative matters. Be a possibility thinker. 
I picked this up from tough times never last, but tough people do. But it's very difficult to practice. Be honest. Have integrity. Be able to say no. Be able to call a wrong action wrong. Attempt to make the wrong right. With this client, the BCM head, I started getting cold on some of the above. Towards the end of the assignment, we had to conduct a test. I designed and developed the test. The test approach was approved. The test plan with full cases was also approved. How? I'm still surprised because I believe the BCM head and his management did not read it. A day before the test, he kind of woke up. We had a meeting in which he said, CMT will not participate. To which my response was, it is quite possible in the real situations that some people are not available. But the entire CMT is not available. This should not happen. Anyway, their deputies would form the CMT for this test. To which he said, no CMT. Then he almost said that to about 15 of the 16 cases. I wouldn't accept that. His response was, you can raise any number of observations if you wish. The challenge was him not understanding that it was not about raising observations. If 15 out of 16 cases failed, then I would question the design of the test, which was done by me. What is the point of conducting such a test? What is the objective and achievement? And for the above values and principles, I would like to stay away. I did say what was wrong and attempted to set it right. But the feeling from the BCM head was, we have spoken to the certifying body. They say you have already done a lot. This was a fresh implementation and first ever test for them. They were going for certification assessment within 10 days of the test. Internal audit report, management review, etc., was still pending. And he seemed to be assured of getting their BCMS certified. Beyond that, I would move away. They, I would still say he, as I'm not sure whether his management was involved or interested in the BCM program anymore. Agreed. And I left the assignment. In the process, with no work or billing for them, I lost half a million INR, Indian rupees. This also included cost of lost opportunity. At the last moment, I couldn't pick any task for these days as I was reserved for this client. But this is a low cost for my principles and my values. I took this at the cost of learning a lesson. Interesting one. Uh, I'm going to start at the beginning. The Is the fact that um, things were being signed off so quickly and you knew and had the feeling that um, things weren't actually being read, <laughs> it was just, oh yeah, I'll just sign it on. And do you think that's an early warning sign that the activity we're doing, creating a business continuity plan or a BIA or, or different pieces of it, it's just a tick box audit exercise and a sign of what's going to come down the road? Yes, ultimately it turned out to be that. And I've said some people wouldn't like it. There are a couple of chapters, by the way, 
couple of statements that I would have made in the book, which may be controversial. Some people wouldn't like. Sometimes consultants wouldn't like. Sometimes clients wouldn't like, or trainers wouldn't like. Professionals may not like. But as I'm saying, these are my ex experiments, my experiences, the way I did, or the way it happened with me. And there are some learnings every time I'm taking some some learnings. Some people might have done the similar ways, might have been in the same situation, similar situations, or they could say, oh, Daman, yes, I see this point, but I did this differently. It's all possible. In this case, it was becoming a tick in the box um, activity or program project for them. They were so sure that they would get certified. Within 10 days of first fresh implementation, yeah. we can, we can, we can understand a lot out of these sentences, out of this saying, what is happening there. And that's where I was saying my values. As a challenge, perhaps you have not asked this question, but I'm still extending this. When I was seeing, and why did I go up to that and almost end, the last activity was test, etc. When I was getting the sense that the documents were not being read, they were just getting approved. Yes, there was a conflict. There was a challenge with some of my values that have said values and principles. And I continued. I admit, and there's a chapter in the books, by the way, was I always so neat and clean? And perhaps I was not. I do admit this. And there's an improvement possible. So I continued because I was involved. I need work and I need money. I had to get paid. So I continued. But at one point, then I said, sorry, thank you very much. We will have to part the ways. But I am admitting I had, perhaps I was never so neat and clean. I'm attempting to improve. And, and you get an example, sure. That all comes with time and experience too, as we grow as people. You know, we, we uh, get better with understanding our own values and what's important to us. And, you know, in your case, you were sitting maybe across the desk from someone and just said, you know what, you're, you're, you're forcing me to stray too far from my values and no, I, I cannot continue. Right. Yes. So is that, do you think that's a reason why some people actually don't speak up? is because um, in your situation, you know, you lost money, um, you know, they, and, and people don't want to open up that can of worms of, of something that may be happening or something they've seen or observed, because if I do, I'm going to lose my job or I'll lose this contract and, you know, I could have a bad reputation when really what you're doing is standing by your values, which is a good thing. Exactly. Exactly. This could be the, Challenge this could be the fear at the back of the mind. Mm. First, I lose the repo with this client itself. Then perhaps a repo in the market as well. Then yeah. losing the time, money, effort. Yes, these could be the challenge. And these have been the challenges. Uh, during organizational resilience course, we discussed this. And I'm going to be writing that chapter in the next book also. When we say some conflict with these values. You know, we were talking of open door policy. What does that mean? We need to live to that, not just say that. And it, it becomes difficult. Yes, it becomes difficult to live to values. Yes. Yeah. Uh, we only have three minutes left, believe it or not. <laughs> it, time goes by fast. Uh, do you have any final comments or thoughts? I know you have a picture behind you of uh, uh, um, the country of India um, with your face and some verbiage around it. Um, Maybe that's what uh, you'd like to describe. I described the look, but you can describe its meaning. Great, thank you very much. First, a look of the book. I'm not sure whether it's coming very well on the picture, but quickly, this is not a textbook. This is not teach the readers how to do BCM, but I've put my heart and soul into this. This will be to the reader. This will be a mentor a friend philosopher guide walking hand in hand. This is what this book is. Mm -hmm. Quickly then your question, Alex, the background. Another passion, I would say, an attempt to make India a $5 trillion economy. It's a big dream. Not one person can do. So I'm a drop in ocean, but I'm committed to the cause. 
I'm attempting to do my bit for the country with this. This is kind of country got freedom in 1947. This is financial freedom we would be talking about. My little contribution I am doing. There's a lot into this, but one portion is enhancing the employability of the youth, and that's what my passion or my commitment would be. That's what this is saying at the background. I'm associated in this program, if you call it a program, as a principal mentor and a goodwill ambassador, doing my little bit for the country. If country becomes resilient, the world will become resilient. That's what the attempt is a long goal objective is that well uh, you know i'll use your own quote against you on this one resilient people make resilient organizations thank organizations you organizations will make a stronger community stronger communities plural make a stronger country and a stronger country as you just said makes a stronger thank world so it all, it all starts with me and yes it all it grows so i completely agree with you and i like, I that, like that thank you We've come to the end of the show. Daman, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and I really liked the approach here where you got to read some chapters and I just got to ask uh, you know, a couple of questions and kind of listen. It's nice to have someone else do that for a change. <laughs> so, an experiment with Voice of America. Yes, an experiment with Voice of America today. <laughs> so check out Daman's book. It is available on Amazon and other sites. Um, my experiments with BCM. Daman Dev Sood. Check it out. It's really good. And I'm in there. So it makes it even a better book. <laughs> wink, wink. Yes. You know, I like that. Book. The, the content <laughs> is really good. And, you know, there are some uh, heartwarming st uh, stories in there and some really great lessons learned from Daman. So I highly recommend everyone check it out. So Daman, thank you very much for joining us today. I really appreciate your time and expertise and sharing it with us today. Thank you very much, Alex. Always happy to be with you. And to everybody listening and watching, stay prepared, everybody. Thank you for joining us for Preparing for the Unexpected. Please tune in for another edition featuring your host, Alex Bullock, next Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week.